adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. Welcome back to the No Snooze Podcast, episode 15, uh, episode two of the quarantine. Right, That's two, right. Orion? Epi, yeah. Epi 15, baby. Don't yeah. have a title for this one. We'll figure that out in a little bit. Uh, Survive in advance. That should right, be the we title. Had some technical. Um, oh, I like that. Survive in advance. We had some uh, technical difficulties uh, getting started, but we're here and we're giving the people what they want, Mikey P. Yeah, I need some sun. I'm looking very pale. Yeah, I have a uh, have a white shirt on right now, and it's, I'm kind of blending in. Yeah, but and I want to um, note to all the viewers out there who are watching us on YouTube. Uh, this is one of the projects I didn't do during this quarantine, but I hung that shelf and my lovely wife came over with a ping pong ball and put it on there without saying anything to see if it was level. Didn't move. The, wow, she had no confidence in you. Zero. And it did not Zero. move. I just dropped the uh, hand, the whatever, the screw gun, and I walked yep. upstairs. But, yeah, so they, well, you sounded like me there because you did a motion of a drill and then you said the hammer. Um, so that's, that's definitely me. And I can tell you right now, if I hung that thing, there would be zero glasses on it because all of them would be broken. I like how you said, like, you're not handy. And then you're like, I painted a wall, like I'm getting handier. I don't think that's considered being handy. Wait, did you see, did you see the message that I sent you when I was painting the nursery? Yeah. You were pointing to Karina to paint. Right. So I had my wife, I, I had my, my pregnant wife painting. It's, it's safe paint, by the way. Um, but she had a um, a bandana over her face to cover the fumes, and I was directing her, like, babe, a little bit to the left. You missed a spot there. Uh, so I, I, I like to call myself an architect in those times. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one thing to take action. It's the other thing to create action and right. have someone else do it for you. So That's right, kid. Uh, give impressed. us a, um, a pod bod, uh, pod bod update, man. It's, it's definitely been um, been tough, but I see you waking up. I commend your efforts, so talk to me, kid. Guys, I've been punting, but I officially caught that punt, and I'm running it back. Uh, there we go. Last week, I tried getting up at different hours in the morning, just like how I felt. Didn't work out well. This week, business picked up back again, so I did start doing 5 a.m. every day. Um, and Monday, Tuesday, did push-ups. I think I did 100, 150. And then yesterday, I had a big meeting at 11 that I had to prepare for, so I took like six hours to prepare because I was behind with all this going on. Uh, and then today, I'm at 250 for the day. So I am uh, ramping it up, feeling good, and uh, loving my pushies again. So that's, well, uh, that's why I'm looking welcome, so tight. Welcome back, Mike. It's good to be back. I, the tortoise I'm, 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 is I'm back. I'm glad, glad to have you back, kid. Um, I, I'm sure you know, but the, uh, the Peloton is in full effect. I was going to say, it's nice that you finally got off the Peloton so we could record an episode because there's a lot of people, especially on my side, that are saying you've been sleeping on that thing. Listen, man, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I'm trying to get 20 miles in a day, uh, but it's it's a game changer for me, man. It's a lot of, lot of cardio, but I'm making sure that I, I'm doing some dumbbell work, some pushies too, so we're good. Where'd you come up with the 20 miles? Is that like for one of the workouts? 
Uh, well, so the 20 miles it was based off like 60 minutes because a three minute mile on a bike is hard, but it's not like incredibly hard. So that's been my pace. So if I take a 30 minute class, I try to get 10 miles in that 30 minutes. But if I do a 60 minute class, I try to get to that 20. Um, and then if I don't finish in time, like if I do a 45 minute class, I just make sure that I do like a 20 minute um, recovery ride just to get to the 20 miles. I forgot to ask you, Phil Cat was saying how good he was on the Pelly. Did you guys do a class together yet? Uh, not together, but he, um, he he was actually showing me a little bit. His uh, his Pelly name is Thick Nasty, which <laughs> is incredible. That's incredible. So shout out Philly Cat. Um, all right, man, that, that's that's the pod bot. It's good to have you back once again. Uh, give me a, a little prego update. How's, how's Dana feeling? She's good. She's been working a lot. Uh, because she does a lot of the back end and organizational stuff for her company. And at a time like this, she has stayed pretty busy in the house. Um, she is feeling good. I think we're all a little nervous as far as the repercussions of the virus. And I'm trying to be really, really careful if and when I have to go out because in Connecticut, we're deemed essential. Um, so it's been. You know, it's been a process to work with your pregnant wife, and I think the biggest thing, and I said last episode, is the food intake. It's been all over the place. Luckily, I'm keeping up with the push-ups. I don't think it's really impacted, uh, but she is definitely starting to pick up some cravings, and they are all over the map. We're eating like eight eight-year-olds at school lunch every day. It's like mac and cheese chicken nuggets, like whatever, peanut butter and jelly. It's been, it's been crazy. All right. That's awesome, man. So we are, we're doing, doing well as, as well, I guess. And, uh, you know, Karina's taking it day by day and we're getting closer and closer, but it's so scary now to think about, I don't know if you've been seeing on the news, scary to think about not being able to be in the hospital room when they give birth. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, that, I was gonna ask I, how are you guys dealing crazy. with that. How are you guys dealing with that thought? Uh, so again, you know, I, and I know this is, is a, a focus of ours, but that's something that's basically uncontrollable, right? So we're, we're trying our best, and if she gets anxious about it, you know, we, we just talk it out. Um, and I'm I'm showing empathy, trying my best to you know not only remain calm but keep her calm during it. But the reality is. I mean, I can't even fathom not being in the delivery room for the birth of my first daughter. It's it's definitely a little scary, and keeping Dana calm also because of that fact has been tough. She's been good uh, because it's down the road, like four months or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. I always joke with her, and I joked with her before, that I would be in the waiting room with a cigar <laughs> and a whiskey because I'm like, I am personally very nervous about the delivery process. Right. I don't do well with blood when it's not mine. If I'm bleeding, I'm completely fine. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. It's just I cut my finger open and or dislocated my pinky. I rolled my... I'm not squeamish in that sense. But if someone else has an issue, stuff you've sent me in the past, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I might hit my knees and fall to the ground. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the gory stuff. But it's going to be interesting for you because you're going from being a punter to a potential quarterback. Yeah. Said, <laughs> and so. I think I'll rise to the occasion, but it's it's one of those things that I've never even thought about. The actual right. process of delivery. You think about when the baby comes, you think about all that fun stuff. You don't think of the screaming and the hand holding and all that chaos, which right. I've seen some uh I'm avoiding all types of videos, but I've seen some and, previews. 
And it's funny too. So now during like stressful situations, I mean, you, I'm sure you, you can relate, but you'll be laying in bed. The dog will start barking. You got to do four different things. Now we're being mindful when that stuff happens. We say to each other, Oh, imagine when we add a baby to it on top of it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but it's a fun time, man. And I always just keep thinking about how dope it is that we get to actually document leading up to this time and then yeah. continue to document that process as it as it uh, unfolds so I mean that, yeah, that's it on great. the uh, on the Prego update I also want to thank and I'm sure you've gotten this too everyone that's reached out and asked about uh, Dana specifically clients friends family um, it's been very nice to see that people are worried about her um, obviously ask about me but the real reason is they're worried about <laughs> her so they were like right. yeah Mike can take care of himself but so thank good, you to everyone. Good point. We appreciate Very good that. point. Uh, ditto. All right, Mike. So this is now Epi 15, like we said, and we are going to focus on talking about, you know, how we're dealing with this whole coronavirus pandemic. But specifically, the last episode, we touched on a couple things in terms of the finances. So I think that's a good place to, um, you know, to pick up. And when we put the questies up, there was a ton of questions that came in on the topic. Uh, so that's why we're going to choose that topic on finances, kid. Yeah, I think it's an important topic to cover. I know personally, I've been more in tune with what's going on with all of the, you know, you don't want to drive yourself nuts with, nuts with the markets and all that good stuff, but you should be prepared and see how it uh, affects your wealth or whatever savings you have or your job or so. It's an important time to be knowledgeable and all that stuff. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so one thing that we did, and again, I, I really don't want to get, this is a tough time because us going out there and giving financial advice, you know, during a pandemic would be a little bit different than us giving that advice, yeah. um, you know, in, in a typical, in typical times. But one thing that, that we had to do right from the start, and we just did it, we, uh, being a little transparent here, but we just created a debt plan. And we've accumulated a couple thousand dollars in credit card debt, which typically we never really had. Um, but, you know, obviously with the, the new house, all the expenses that are coming in, we had to, you know, go ahead and use some credit cards. So the first thing we did when we realized that this time is, you know, is now, uh, we created an Excel spreadsheet with all of our expenses in terms of, you know, the credit cards. And there was a little exercise that we did, but it was figuring out each um, APR and the interest rates on each credit card. And what we did was focus on the credit card that basically has the most interest and paying the minimum of the ones that have the least. Mm -hmm. And again, we're not talking, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars of debt. We're talking a couple grand. Um, but when we did that spreadsheet, we were able to see that, you know what, in three months we could knock this thing out. So it's taking that overwhelming piece of like, damn, we got ourselves into some debt, uh, but now being strategic in the approach to try to tackle it. Yeah. Which is the first step is figuring out like where you stand, which I like. Right. <clears throat> and to echo your point, it's not, um, what we're saying now is not advice, more of something that you guys can look at and say, oh, it's a good idea or no, it doesn't work for us. It's just more of what we're right. doing now. And um, the whole debt uh, approach, I love. I love getting rid of debt that's credit card or any high interest stuff. Um, the big thing for me that we've done since I've gotten back is start to audit uh, expenses, specifically um, reoccurring ones. So looking at uh, any type of uh, subscription, 
Uh, that's something I do anyway, usually every mm-hmm. couple months to see if there's any uh, things that jumped up huge because there's some things like cable and all that stuff that they give you a, a teaser rate and then it jumps up by like 200%. Um, and there's so many options now just for everything that it's, uh, you know, you'll get a renewal charge. Uh, and this is something I picked up, I think, from Bigger Pockets Money. But if you just call, the banks are betting that you won't call them and dispute a, a charge, like a renewal charge. And I've gotten, you know, $500 back just from doing that in the last couple months. You know, just saying, hey, this is an annual charge. I have five accounts with you. You know, can you waive it this year? And then they sometimes waive it and sometimes they don't. But it's worth the call. Wow. That's so. a that's a great tip there, uh, but yeah, it's 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 basically a full you know recalibration of where your life you know was and where it is now. Fortunately for us, you know, we do still receive our salaries, uh, but the reality is you don't know how long that can continue. Um, you know, I know they're, they they just passed this um, this bill in terms of people receiving relief. And I'm happy that, you know, I think it's, you know, households that are over $150,000. I'm very happy that the government has decided not to really send that money um, to those and focus on, you know, individuals and families who really, really need it. That, that, that's a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah. And if you can minimize some expenses and you want to give back to a local business or family member or someone you want to help out, it frees up money to reallocate it to more important things. <clears throat> so that's a big, uh, big focus now. And then the other thing is, um, you know, I'm big on long term and anything I want to do and invest in is going to be a long term asset. Um, mm-hmm. So now I'm really looking at trying to get in a position where when we get out of this to acquire either a rental property, uh, more index funds, uh, more assets that in time, you know, I always <clears throat> excuse me, I always want to bet on America and our economics because in the past we've always risen to the occasion and outpaced um and improved so it's a a philosophy thing and now i'm realizing once we come out of this there's going to be some uh bounce of some sort i don't know but i want to position so that i could take advantage of this time where rates are very low um people are trying to liquidate their assets where you're able to acquire either you know a house or more index funds or something so I'm trying to accelerate through this. Yep. No, I, I love it, and it's going to continue to be uh, to be tough for for a period of time that you know, unfortunately, we just we can't foresee. Uh, one thing I definitely want to mention, and, and you know, certain individuals have been asking, and this kind of went back and forth at, at personal conversations at work um, and, and just in life in general, but we see that the government is going to start to give some relief of, you know, mortgage payments and car payments and that type of stuff. My advice to everybody out there would be to make sure that you're continuing to make those payments that you can make, uh, because at some point they're going to be due anyway. And, you know, right now, if you're unemployed, that's one thing, but there's been certain people that, you know, have, have been saying, Hey, did you see the 90 day, talks of mortgage relief. For me personally, I would never take three months off if I can continue to make the payments. Uh, so I just want that to be clear that if you can make the payments still to to the bills and um, you know your current situations, continue to do that. I think that's real important. So I'm going to disagree on that. Okay. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying 
I think if you look at your finances and you realize that I'm not, it's definitely an ethical thing, right? Like if you can make the payment, make the payment because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I look at a lot of things that's like, if a bank, would a bank in the other situation that wasn't forced to help everyone, you know, they'll, they'll whack you with fees when they can. So this is uh, probably not the right thing to say. But if you could free up potentially, say your mortgage is $2,000, and you don't know what's going to happen in the next month. You don't know if you're going to have a job. You don't know what's going to happen with the market. I would defer if there's no big penalty um, because that at least puts you in a position where you have a little extra income or loose liquidated money that you can reapply somewhere. God forbid something happens, medical bills, certain things that are unforeseen. So my thought is if you're not going to get penalized, why take that risk? But I totally get what you're saying. Stay in the routine. Because if you fall out of that routine, then you can get behind and it could be uh, unfixable. Yeah, and it's it's. I'm, I'm glad you disagree, but it's 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 situational too. Um, you know, look at our situations. You're you're yeah. more commission based uh, on a salary, whereas like my wife and I are both fixed. Exactly. Uh, so in exactly. in that sense, I'm speaking more to the fixed incomes right now and not being affected by unemployment and all that. Uh, but absolutely, if there's no fee um, attached to it then, you know, no harm, no foul. But just be prepared that if you don't make these payments now, it's not like the government is eating them. You're going to have to make them at some point. Uh, but definitely, yeah. you know, good point yeah. there. All right, kid, let's talk no snooze recommendations. And it's been interesting now to see because a lot of people have been taking us up on the recommendations um, and they're sending us pics. If it's a, you know, a video that you recommended, if, if it's, a um, you know, protein, that I recommend it. It's cool to see that people are actually listening to it and trying the products out. Yeah. Um, so, so mine is going to actually play into the financial piece that we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's an exercise that we did. You know, my wife and I. We called it Survival Kitchen. And look, Mike, Mike got excited. Survival Kitchen. Ooh, where's the refrigerator? So, so basically what it is, is we're living right now in a, you know, a pandemic. Everyone is in a stressed state of mind. And <clears throat> one thing that we did was we took inventory of all the food that we actually had in the house. Right. So we did that and we made a bet to ourselves that we weren't going to spend one dollar this week on food. And we have now come out and it's almost the end of the week now. And we have not spent one dime on it. So we went into uh, you know our pantry and we ate rice, we ate oatmeal, we ate the beans. We cleared out pretty much everything that we've had. And on average, just the two of us, when we go food shopping, it's $150 to $175. Uh, so we just saved that money. We moved it over to the to the savings account. Nice little exercise, um, you know, for people to take inventory of what you have. And it's amazing because you will see how much you can actually eat if you were ever forced to do so. That's pretty awesome. I was saying to Dana, I feel like we're in an episode of uh, Top Chef where they have like the or chopped, whatever it is. And they have these quick fire and challenges where you have to cook with what you have. And I'm right. like, I okay. feel like that. Yeah, that's so we, yeah, we all have like frozen foods right now, so it's very it's like <laughs> rice in the microwave mixed with pad thai frozen. But that's awesome. That's good, yeah. <laughs> it probably helps you get organized too, right? 
Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, you, you basically look at, you know, it, it forced us to look at like the expiration dates. We don't have anything in cans that's really expired because we just moved. So we had done that uh, pretty recently. But we went all the way back to, you know, the back of that pantry and we pulled beans out from the front. And usually we like to do takeout, you know, once a week. And we just haven't done it, man. So it's been cool. We didn't go food shopping and we didn't spend any money um, on the outside. That's pretty awesome. So mine is, uh, we'll compliment that because what to do with your money once you save it. Um, I want everyone to Google and I'm recommending Googling compound interest and learning everything you can about what some people, I think it's maybe Warren Buffett, calls it the eighth wonder of the world. It's basically just saying that time is your greatest asset and long-term horizons are the way people become wealthy. And the concept of compounding is that actions you take, whether it's financial, personal, whatever it is, that create more profit in the future and uh, multiply exponentially makes your life and your finances and everything grow quicker. So whether it's compound effort in your work, where if you'd like this, we're doing right now, for me, it's compound because I have this content for no snooze and it's a business we're building as well as my real estate it's a compliment. So all of this yep. creates more business, which creates uh, more clients, which creates more you know money to put back into our businesses. So the compound interest thing is big. And I think a lot of people, uh, I know when I started reading more into it and taking it seriously, it kind of changed my whole outlook on everything. Yeah, it's, it's really alarming too. Uh, you know, the whole, I guess, formula of compound interest. But that's something that's very relatable to, to us, too, in terms of the deferred compensation, which I talk about. Uh, but I actually sit employees down and I show them exactly what compound interest means, because right now, five dollars may not sound like a lot. Once that compounds to one hundred dollars and then every single year that keeps compounding, 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 it's not just a one time interest rate. Compound interest is something that happens over and over and over again. And the, oh, so that's a good that's, piece, man. Yeah, and that's that's exactly the trick to use. Is like take your your ten year value of that, however you want to calculate it, even if it's a ballpark, and then it makes you more uh, more uh, likely to save it. Because if you're like, all right, this five bucks is really a hundred dollars, then you're yep. more likely to not get the coffee or whatever. So good stuff. So the the other thing we're doing right now with our finances and just getting through this whole ep, uh, pandemic in general is having conversations to get on the same page. We're talking about potential worst case scenarios. So if potentially we both uh, have no income coming in, uh, how do we make our savings uh, last? What can we spend on? What can we cut back uh, if something like that should happen? I'm not saying completely stop everything all at once, but be prepared to scale back if needed. Uh, I think it's important if you do have a significant other to get on the same page, talk about the worst case scenario, because if you talk about the worst case scenario, it is less scary because it's a known entity now. You know, if you're like, right. hey, worst, worst case scenario, we both don't have any income. We've saved up enough to last, you know, eight months, whatever it is, and we don't have to panic yet. You know, you're, you're making a great point on potentially creating like a new norm for yourself, right? There's a lot of um, controversy that 
I, I guess you can go two ways, right? You can dive in slowly, which is something we always talk about with like, you know, with fitness and advice for people doing it that way. But then there's the way of just diving right in, you know, not just getting your feet wet, but fully preparing for the worst case scenario. You ultimately preparing for a worst case scenario for three months, God forbid that does happen, your new norm now changes 110% because you were able to see where you were living. Then you went to the extreme factor of, oh my God, this is worst case scenario. And then hopefully at the end of it, yeah, you might not still be at the norm, but you, you've, you've literally just taken something from zero to 100. Now your new average is 50%. So to build on your point, there's a thing in uh, nutrition that has I don't know if it's new or just it's been popular lately, but they restrict their diet very uh, minimal so that they can add types of foods so that they can figure out where the inflammation is or where what's not working with them. Uh, I'd like to do that also with finances and expenses. So in a situation like this, you have a really good excuse to do that. So you look at all your subscriptions, all your expenses, and you try to scale back as much as possible right off the bat. And then you slowly start introducing things that you realize you really miss uh, exponentially that you took out. So like for people, the gym or a subscription to Hulu, which is, you know, five bucks. But for them, it's it makes all the difference. Uh, cable, like one of the big things that we cut back on uh, when we bought the house to just help with expenses was our cable bill. And we got streaming and we got, I think at the time it was PS View. Now it's YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. And instead of 280 a month, it went down to 100 a month. And, you know, I've held on long enough. Dana's pushed for the cable, but I, I've run all the, the back end of all the subscriptions because I'm always moving stuff. So I was able to kind of veto her. <laughs> yeah, no, and this that's something you guys did from uh, from the jump. I remember when you guys first did it, I thought you were crazy. But if you were to take the amount of months and times that by the $200 that you saved, pretty impressive. Yeah, and and Dana's warming up to it. We watch a lot of shows anyway. That like Bravo is always on at our house, and then yep. YouTube. I'm constantly on YouTube. I think that'll just be the norm at some point where people just go on YouTube and watch No Stu's podcast all day. Right, absolutely. That's it. It's the it's the um, the virtual way of the future. Yeah, I think the vir- the virtual stuff in our business and just in general and people. Uh, educating themselves on it is going to be so accelerated now because people are understanding you can work from home you can virtually jump into a meeting i think efficiency is going to skyrocket as far as businesses people's lifestyles i think it's going to be a good thing ultimately yeah and i had a um speaking to the virtual piece i actually had my first virtual doctor's appointment and it was i thought it was going to be like the weirdest thing in the world and it was so convenient, so easy, um, and it had to do with um, you know a, a little rash that I have. So he was able to look at the rash, see it. I really got close. I sent pictures in. Um, he was able to diagnose it, send my prescription over to CVS. I went down, got it. Boom! It was like the quickest thing, no hassle. Uh, so it's just it, it's crazy to see where I think we're going to be going as a country um, in the next couple of years. Yeah. And personally, it's forced me to be smarter about showings and things because Mm -hmm. I am still going out and new listings are coming on while this is going on. So I had to make a best practices that I send to all of my showings 
saying, you know, thank you for showing the property. When you arrive at the property, you must sit in the car and wait for me to text you when you should come in. Please don't touch any lights. You cannot bring any kids at this time. We're trying to limit the amount of traffic. Uh, we appreciate you showing and I look forward to working with you. So like just having a very organized expectation set, uh, it's, it's a exercise that when you're in your business and you're trying to close deals and everything, it falls to the wayside, but now you're forced to do all that process stuff, um, which has been good. And, and communicating that to a client, which in turn shows how you're adapting to times and trying to uh, embrace it versus fight it. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, it's odd right now because I think this is the hardest part of it because everybody, every business is trying to figure out their new way to navigate. So it's yeah. only going to get easier. You know, God forbid this pandemic continu continues to get worse and worse and worse. I do agree with you where our efficiency level is going to skyrocket because this becomes your new norm um, and we're learning new things every day as a, as a society. And even like this, this is so convenient for us. I mean, it's been difficult to get it all worked out and figure out the process. But the amount of time we're saving driving, and shout out to CV for doing all that. He's pointing <laughs> at himself. Yeah, but right. It's true. We've we put him through the ringer. We finally got a routine down. We yep. had a location that was a little closer that we could all meet at. But I think this is the way of the future because once the kids come, it's going to be very difficult to run away for a couple hours. Uh, we actually might need to do it in person at a bar once kids come. <laughs> right, right. And also, you know, there's there's certain people that come on podcasts and they dress phenomenally with the with, when they know that there's visual, but then they have boxer briefs on while they have the suit top. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that's what if that's what you're doing right now. Um, <laughs> I knew you were gonna ask that. <laughs> there you and go. And look, it's I on the last notch. All right. Ooh, getting, getting skinny. We went down. I'm slipping right out of these things. All right, good. You passed the test. I put you on the spot. Different. Yeah, man. Uh, you know what's good for us too is that there's so much. There's been so much communication and activity on social media. I know you're playing around with the TikTok. Um, Lauren's doing doing her thing on Instagram, and and uh, same with me. CV's on the YouTube. Uh, so this is all good times, and we really appreciate everybody engaging. Uh, but Mike, we had a ton of questions that came in and they really touched on the, the financial piece. So I think we'll we'll get into some questies. You good with that? Yeah. Pumped. Cool. Cool. Uh, so Russ was the first one and we both went to high school with Russ. So shout oh, out to what Russell. Up, Russ. <laughs> uh, Great three point shooter. He, he had a phenomenal jump shot. Absolutely lights out. Uh, still can't beat me in horse, but, you know, uh, shout out to you, Russ. <laughs> so would you be buying stocks it's a short you know a short question and it's it's a little tough to answer uh for me personally right now i am not investing any additional money into new stock opportunities i don't know about you uh yeah so again this isn't financial advice this is just right. thoughts on yeah this and this is what we're doing what disclaimer. we're disclaimer um i would say if you have dispensable income that you're okay with not touching for a very long time um, I would, and I like playing the long game. I would buy index funds. Um, that's just my philosophy. I like uh, things that pay dividends, create compound interest, and over time, uh, the 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 chances are stacked in your favor. I don't know what's going to happen. The whole market could go away, but chances are better that it won't. Um, and it's it's like to me buying a property at this time and just parking some money and letting it grow. And then at some point, uh, when the market does recalibrate, then you could reallocate some of those funds 
to investments or whatever you want to do it. So for me, play the long game. I think you do um, index funds and I think you do dollar cost averaging, which is just a basic concept of continually buying, even if the market's starting to go up so that your returns average out and you're not worrying about trying to catch it on a down and miss all of the gains. Right. And just to echo on that, you know, I think um, a piece is also the risk and the reward. Um, you know, if, if you're in a situation to where you can invest that money, cool, go ahead and do that. Uh, but right now, I'm personally not doing it because I don't have the means to take additional funds. I have to worry about my mortgage. I have to worry about the investment property yep. that we have. I have to worry about, you know, the expenses right now. But the yep. good thing is that like all my money and my deferred compensation, <clears throat> excuse me, and I've been going back and forth with certain employees too, because they're nervous. You know, we know people that have lost um, half a million dollars and they're retiring in less than a year. You know, that's tough for me. I have another, you know, 20 years uh, before I, I ultimately tap out. So I can go through a, you know, financial crisis right now and I could probably make it through another one. Uh, but it's all situational for for um, you know where where you stand. Yeah, and to clarify my answer, this was money that we already had invested that we decided to take out just to figure out our finances. Very fortuitously, it was done before this all happened, and we did miss out on a lot of gains. But ultimately, now we're taking that same amount and we're going to put it back systematically through the next you know I don't know couple months or so. But it, I have been looking to see because if it if it like plummets, I hope it doesn't. But if it does, you know, if it's money that I would have had in there anyway, then my thought is if I can put it in, the downside's limited and long term it could be worth in compound interest, you know, ten tenfold. So I, you know, that's yeah. what I'm doing right now. But I do have we do have a safety net that you're talking about. Um, so I don't want to misguide people and say just no, no, I, yeah. absolutely. But this is um, this is all about again what we're going through. We can talk about our experiences and situations, uh, but we're not going to go tell you to invest, you know, five thousand dollars in you know Purell, which might be a really good investment right now. Just saying. I was just laughing in my head thinking of like an episode in a year from now where I'm just like my hair is all pulled out and I'm like, I bought too many. <laughs> right, right. That's zero. Bought but, too many. Um, no all right, idea. cool, man. So so that's you, Russ. Uh, Jack D wrote in, is there one area of your lives that you and or your spouse spend too much money? Oh, Mike's pleading the fifth here. <laughs> no, I uh, suits. Oh. 100%. Suits and food. My suits and food for you. Food suits is because I rationalize to myself that I wear them every day usually, uh, and it's I don't really buy a lot of clothes at this moment. It's a lot of self branded no snooze sweatshirts, which right. we're probably gonna do no, another run at some point. Um, and Mike Prelly Grant's real estate branded stuff. Um, but I love a good suit. It makes you feel good. It's I just like dressing up. The other thing with food, I think it's lack of organization for me. I'm just, I was in a routine before this all happened. Then all the things I usually buy weren't available and it's hit the fan. So now yep. it's just like, I don't know. I punted food shopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what it, about it, you? It's a, yeah. In terms of the food shopping, you know, I, we spend 150 to 175 a week, like I said, but if I was eating out every single meal for $10, $13 a meal, I mean, that adds up quickly with the amount of food that I eat. Well, not eat, um, but, yeah, that's a good point though. It's not for me. It's not eating out. It's when I go shop to eat. Oh, gotcha. like when I go sh do my grocery shopping because I 
I just see stuff and we grab it. It goes to waste. It's we don't meal prep well, and I don't want right. to put Dana on blast. But sorry, no, no, no. I, I got you. And for <laughs> for us, um, for for us, it is it's a unique time because I never really thought about it like this. But when you're going through something like this right now, I would say that both my wife and I we spend too much money on our cars on our car payments. You know, we, we both lease, um, you know, n- nice vehicles. Um, and right now it, that's over a thousand dollars a month that could be, you know, somewhere else. I probably would do it differently right now, but on a typical, you know, uh, month, it doesn't really, you know, have any effect on us. Um, but th- that would be really the only thing right now in our lives that I could say that we're spending a little too much on. That's a good one. The, but that's pretty – you could fix that at some point. That's like, oh, yeah. You know, that's not – and if – the whole thing is if it, it creates a lot of joy for you and you really enjoy it and it's worth it, then sometimes even if you're overpaying, I think for happiness sake, it's worth it because you're going to be right. more productive. You're going to create more income. So it's yep. always no, hard no, to and it's, call. And it's something that we're, we're ultimate. we choose that. You know what I mean? This is exactly. a choice. This yeah. is a choice. And I just my personality, you know, it's pretty much everything. Like I always do want something new. It doesn't have to be new in terms of like 2020, 21 edition, but I'm always looking for change. Uh, so buying cars was never something that I was into. And I'm not handy. I'm not good at fixing things like we know. So, you know, just me leasing vehicles is, is something that I've always done. And apparently you're a, 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 an epic lease negotiator there's a there's a there's a couple stories uh we could get into that another time uh but yes i am i am definitely i will credit myself as a top-notch negotiator i love it (laughs) is there is there any expense that you overpay um that you want to try to fix pretty quickly that i so Right now, Mike, I, we're pretty bare bones. Nice. You know, we we made the adjustments when we when we bought the house and we saw like our savings account because we put ourselves in a really nice situation in terms of our savings. But then we took that all, you know, and made a nice down payment on the house. Uh, yeah. So when we did that, was really our you know time to recalibrate and um, you know reassess. Nice. Yeah, I only ask because the food thing's been my uh, Achilles heel for however long. And I've been, mm-hmm. I started to get it under control or we started to get it under control, but this whole thing threw us way off. So some things you do have to just say, I'll have to deal with it once I get through this period. Right. Right. And, and it's, and it's also just focusing on, you know, right now priority. it's, it's, it's a priority and it's about making it through. You know, it's taking the time to say, you know what, we are going to get past this and we are going to be able to get back on our feet at some point. Can't get too overwhelmed in that process and start making too many changes too fast because then your life just looks crazy. Yeah. All right. Karina. Great name. Went to college with her. And Mike, I'm curious to know your opinion on this. Wife Karina? No, 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 no. Oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. I was like, no, no, no. Her, her, Her name is Karina and she actually did go to school with us. Um, is it worth looking into a refinance right now? I have a condo in New Jersey. So I would say, like you said before, it's a case-by-case basis. Talk to a mortgage professional. They'll run the numbers, and it's all based on your 
uh, time you're in the property. If you're there for an extended period of time or you're going to hold on to the property, then even if it takes five years to recoup, we are at historic lows for rates. It could have changed since this comes out or since we recorded this, uh, but I would say it's free to have that conversation and there's a lot of people out there looking to have that conversation with you. Just call your bank, call, call a mortgage professional and go through the exercise. I think it's 100% worth going through the exercise. Uh, no, great point. And I'll get a little personal here. I mean, Mike, <clears throat> excuse me, you know this, but um, at the investment property, we are currently in the process of doing the refi. And Mike is exactly right. The market is changing daily, but we actually keep putting off the closing because this thing has dropped so much. And right now I have PMI, which is personalized mortgage insurance on the investment property, which is like $480 a month because it's a bigger unit. Um, and once I do refi, that now comes off and my rate has now dropped uh, one and a half points already. So we're looking at a really, really good rate. It might be a good time to do it. But again, like Mike said, make sure that you're in the financial situation to go ahead and do that. Yeah, and there's closing costs. But if you could roll yep. those into the loan, exactly. and it, you know, it could make a big difference long term. It could definitely make a big difference short term. And if you can free up, like we talked about, an extra... 500 bucks, 300 bucks, that's significant. Yep. Oh yeah, it's huge. Eddie, this is, a, this is a good one. This is Mike, this is something that you had said, but we could definitely bounce back and forth here. Uh, dig deeper on your network is your net worth concept. Ooh, I like that one. So I, I think I said it on the podcast, so I have that yeah. on my laptop. Yeah. Um, I'm going to revise it a little bit. So I think... Networking for the sake of networking is okay, but if you want to do it well, you need to provide value to your network and create relationships that are actually beneficial to both sides, at the very least to them, to create to create um, IOUs, for lack of a better word, but basically to create a situation where they want to repay you in some form, whether that's new clients, uh, help in the future, whatever it is. So when you do... Uh, create a network. For example, I've started working with a great videographer for a lot of stuff for real estate. Um, and I'm helping him with his branding. I'm helping him with certain things where I know in the future when I need a favor, he'll hook me up uh, and help me out with maybe not as expensive videos or whatever it is. Um, so I think, and obviously Dave can expand on this because you have an amazing network too. Um, I think your network is also what allows you to grow and to be more efficient. Uh, you know, if you have the right pieces and you have the right relationships, you can pull a deal together quicker. Uh, you can close a deal. Uh, personally, if you have a great network, you have more support. You have more people that you can reach to in a time of need. So, so to just to add to your point, Mike, on the whole theme of your network is your net worth. I do want to elaborate on that a little bit. And you spoke on the business side of things, but also establishing networks in every aspect and lane in your life is very important. And if you think about it, think about the theme from when we were like kids, right? And if a teacher pulls you aside and says, you know, this kid is, is, is really a bad influence on you, right? It's the same concept as you get older, whether that's in your business or in your fitness journey. But it's something that I think 
it starts internally, right? And the external factor is the moving parts that are, you know, your network on the outside, but it's really being specific and finding out exactly what it is that you want. So I am so conscious these days, you know, when it is in my, my fitness journey right now, and I'm talking about, you know, the elevating my, my spin game in terms of the, uh, the bike, I'm obviously going to seek out people who are a little bit better at spinning than I am. Right. In my business, we've had the conversation about, you know, commissioners, county officials, state officials. We were just talking about that last episode. I'm very specific with my intent. And by doing that, you will automatically begin to elevate yourself if you're hanging around people who are not too far ahead of you, but they basically their habits and the way that they do business will rub off on you. Um, so that's what ultimately establishes your your net worth as a whole is going out and specifically finding people that are living the life that you are after, uh, but still very important to bring the whole value to them. Um, and again, it's not this is not just in terms of a mentorship like we spoke about on the last epi. Uh, this is something that's so much bigger. And I've been so conscious of it. You know, as of the past, I'd say two years, really. Uh, but I feel that I'm a product of that concept right there. And not that that, you know, my my money has has skyrocketed by any means. Uh, but I feel that the way that I'm living my life currently is a reflection of the people that I hang around constantly. That's a good, that's a good point. And it's uh, realizing that it's not specifically about volume. It's about quality. Because right. you only have a limited amount of time to provide value to people, engage with people that are worth engaging with, um, family, friends. There's just a limited time. So it's like more and more you realize that it's hard to keep in touch with people, both professionally yeah. and personally. So you got to be smart about how you do it and who you prioritize. Else you can just yeah. be kind of being very surface level with a lot of people. Yep. And it's, it's, it's your intent. That's the biggest thing. You know, what is your intention when you wake up every single morning? What is your intention for the day? Who are you surrounding yourself with? You can have all the friends in the world that, that you want to have personally, but when it comes to those lanes that you're trying to get better in, you better be specific about your, about who you're hanging around and who you're trying to target to get into uh, your life. Yeah. And if you, and if, uh, someone in your life, they don't have to provide value to you, you could still just right. have fun with them. But if they're reflecting on you negatively, that's when you have to reevaluate, you know? Exactly. It's, it's, it's the consciousness being conscious. Cause you know, if, if you were my, my childhood friend, um, you know, from way back when, and we have absolutely nothing in common right now, that's fine. We could still hang out. But when I'm conscious about trying to get better in business, you might not be the person that I'm coming to. If that if that is is clear, no, that was good. And and obviously, Mike Pirelli, you are in every single one of my networks, which is interesting, though, because Me you too. see, right? But it, it, it's funny. You're in my personal network. You're in the business network. You're every everywhere, and we're all living, you know, the same type of lifestyle right now. Uh, but we're conscious of that, and we're making that effort. Yes. Last question, Mike. This came in from Ashley. How do I create a new norm for myself? You want me to run with this first? Run away, kid. So I think it takes time to develop a new norm. 
you get into these routines and it takes a lot of, a lot of time without any type of big distraction like we're going through now. So you have to be fair to yourself and say, I need a, ma- a certain amount of time to try things and then start to figure out what's working and then start to stick to that the certain things that are working. For me, last week, I tried to adjust the new norm, sleep in a little later. That created more chaos in my life and felt like I was trying to catch up with things. All my timelines were compressed. So this week, I tried to go back to my previous norm, but also now my new norm, and wake up at 5. And I understand that, yes, I'm not getting up and going to the gym, but it still helps me in my day. So I rolled that back into it. And it's it's stuff like that and figuring out what's working, what's not working to start establishing the new norm. But give yourself time to get it to a place where you're comfortable with it and it becomes the habits. You know, what are you are you Beautiful. still waking up at five? Do you have a new schedule? How has it affected? you? Well, as as so and, and I know I had I touched on it earlier in the episode in terms of the finances. Uh, but me personally, I am waking up actually a little bit later because my live Peloton class doesn't start till 630. Uh, and I love it. Lo- I love beating you up in the morning. And that's why I led you and into it, this because it feels yeah. good. <laughs> no, but, um, you, you know, creating this new norm, I'll give you an example with the push-ups, right? And this is a concept now. And again, I don't advise it for, for everybody. You have to see if this can work for you, but there's two ways of doing things. It's diving right in, like we said, or gradually doing it. But for fitness, look at look at what we did with these push-ups, right? We were doing, you know, maybe I was doing 150 to 200 a day um, included in my workout. Then Mike had this whole challenge where now we were doing 1,000 a day, right? We created a new norm for literally, I did it from November till February of 1,000 plus every single day, right? So that time frame, it was very hard to do those push-ups. But now when somebody asks me to do 400 push-ups, I laugh because I know what it's like and I dove right in. So I took what was a, a norm for me of 150 to 200. Mike challenged me, made it a thousand. So now when somebody comes at me and is like, yeah, I could do 300, 400, I'm like, dude, that's light work, right? So you establish a new norm. That's a way that you can do it. Um, you know, in terms of jumping right in. Again, if you're not in, you know, um, in fitness like that, that's a really bad move and you should be gradual in it. Uh, but it's it's seeing what approach works for you and ultimately deciding, you know, how far do I want to take it? The other thing I want to say too is that to build on what you're saying is that my gradualness of, I really got the push-ups back into the, the uh, routine, but I also now I'm trying to figure out where to work from. So right now I'm in my dining room, but yesterday or two days ago, I was in my basement in the garage in the back with no heat with a space heater because I needed a separate space to get a lot of stuff done. It didn't work because it was, number one, it was freezing down there. And then number two, I just didn't have access to everything. I didn't have a space that was big enough to sprawl out. So this week, or at least the last couple of days, I've moved back into the dining room. So I'm moving my business all around the house to see where I'm more, more profitable. But it's yep. you gotta be okay with saying, oh, well, that idea was not good. Let me try something else and not to be stubborn. No, that, that makes a ton of sense, man. Uh, and just to give you some insight, and I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna break your, your, uh, your horns over this one, but there's an exercise that I've been trying 
and it's not touching your phone for the first 20 to 30 minutes that you're up. So it's tough because because we're trying to, but we're trying to you know go on and you're you're looking at things. We're taking the 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 selfies. We're posting it online. But in the second episode, I believe second or third in terms of the habits, gratitude is always a big. Uh, piece for me in the morning. So now I've taken my daily, you know, gratitude piece and I've turned it over to something that's a little bit longer and I'm trying to stay off the social media for the first 20 to 30 minutes. But then in the back of my head, I have Mike Pirelli that I know is waking up before me, but he's really not because I just can't post. But I'll give it to you this past week. You, you've definitely woken up been waking up. All right. What so the past... Up? So the past couple of days since I got the Peloton, the alarm goes off 5.15 to oh, 5.30. I'm up at 4.45 now. Right. But, I might just start not sleeping. <laughs> but if I really want to compete with you, Mike, I will wake up just like I always did for years now at the same 4.30, 4.15 time frame. Remember, you're still putting you your elbows. You you're trying to put your elbows at the table. You're slowly making it. Your forearms are now there. So I appreciate you, and I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Listen, <laughs> I'm I'm beating the sun up. I'm every time you I are. wake up, no, and I don't. I always, you know what I do the first time I think I when I wake up, I look at our our Instagram page, and I see if you post anything on the store. If you don't, I giggle. I make a drink and I chug it in victory. So, but it's tough, right? Like if I'm over here trying to practice gratitude, and then I got to worry about uh, like Mike's like I have gratitude, gratitude when, I, when I post first. <laughs> yeah, gonna... All right. So wait, before we get into this this last piece, though, can we acknowledge that there are people now reaching out and requesting that they want us to wake them up in the morning? Mike, did you see that? Yeah, it's hilarious. That you should start sending that meme to everyone. Get on a, a Come on. chain. Come There's on. Uh, apps now. Sorry, I'm grabbing my dog because working at home is chaos. Um, um, there's apps now where you can get everyone's phone number. It's, it's like a group text. We got to figure that out. And you send. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, you need to be famous. So. All right. Yeah. So hopefully by next year, maybe we uh, we make it big. I remember Dana was wishing us well with that. Right? She was like, I don't know if you're trying to do this to be famous. Yeah, no, definitely not. I'm trying to stay <laughs> yeah. under the radar. Yeah, I definitely want to. Well, I, I don't want to like stay attention. low key. I hate attention. Uh, so this will bring us to Dave's dime of the week. Dimes, dimes, dimes. Dana sneezed too on that. Hopefully, we got that on audio. <laughs> this right here, Mike, is by Winnie Church, Winston Churchill. Oh, Winnie. When you're 20, you care what everyone thinks. When you're 40. You stop caring what everyone thinks. When you're 60, you realize no one was ever thinking about you in the first place. That's a good one. Every once in a while, I think in my head, like, no one cares. Because but that, right. True. No, but but that applies to me right now, right? Yeah. Like, when I, when I think about certain purchases and certain things that I do, I'd be lying to you if I said, wow, I didn't want people to think X, Y, Z of me. You know, it's not the best way to live your life, but again, I'd be lying if I said there's purchases that I'm not focused on that. 
But if I have that mindset right now, and I was like, you know what? I really don't care what anyone has to say. And I wanted to drive a 1999, you know, Toyota Camry, which I used to have, by the way. I thought you were going um, to shout out my car. I was like, oh, messed up. No, you know, I would be much better off. Um, but, you know, there's a certain piece of me that's like, wow, I don't want people to think, you know, if I'm pulling up to work in this thing or I'm going to meetings, they have a perception of me. Uh, but in the long run, it doesn't really matter. Run your own race and get after it at your own speed, man. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've always had this weird ability to not really care. I used to wear Heelys on Fridays to high school, which <laughs> looking back, it's probably not the coolest move. But it was very efficient, effective, and convenient. And convenient, baby. I- I'm going to throw that right. every episode. So uh, <laughs> that brings us to Miguelito's Mantras. Uh, I ito, have... ito, ito. You got to let me do your, your intro. You got to hurry up with this. Dana's hunger over here. Oh, gotcha. Um, I also started learning a little bit of Italian, so we'll get into that in another episode. Uh, mine is I saw the documentary for Barstool. I'm halfway through. Very interesting how they built their brand and just business-wise. Um, and Dave Portnoy, his quote, which I thought was hilarious, his high school quote, was over-promise, over-deliver, which I like. That's a, it kind no, of, that's, a gr- that's a great one because you expect and you always hear, what is it, over under-promise, over-deliver. Over which you had told me that I that I was doing in an episode. You told you had referenced that, but this is a good point because if you're over promising and you're over delivering, you're never setting a standard and you're always trying to overachieve. Which is what the No Snooze podcast and the No Snooze lifestyle is all about. Yep, and you're putting yourself in that like corner where your back's against the wall because you're like, oh, I over promise. I got to figure out how to actually do that, which creates growth. You got to perform, kid. Uh, so that'll, that'll wrap us up and give us to our last section of heat on the feet. All right, let me see if I can get my leg up here. So this is for the morale of the country. Doing this as a patriot right now. Let's go. Yes. Wait, but show the uh, stars. Show the stars. Oh, it didn't get it all the way up? Oh, no, on my camera. Oh, gotcha, you, gotcha. You. Okay, I got you. Can't really wow, see. those are nice. But didn't you have are those from your wedding or no? No. So fun. I have those. Uh, these still, are from Frank. Which were great socks. So those. The picture was black. Talk about uh, over promising, under delivering. Those are black, and then I bought them, and then they showed a blue, and I was like, "This is not <laughs> what was in the photo." And the guy's like, "Oh, they're fine. It's a flag." I was like, "All right, I guess I'll just buy new socks for everyone." So just making the best out of every situation, kid. Um, So that's it, man. That's another Epi in the books. That's Epi 15. Until next time, stop snoozing. Get up and get after it. Also, go follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, wherever you find us. Follow us. Subscribe. Love you. That's another Epi in the books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze. If you want to inquire about potential sponsorship and or collaboration, reach out to us at no snooze podcast at gmail.com or message our Instagram page, which is at no snooze podcast.